So one of our events coming up in the next couple of weeks is the first ever Wellsprings 5K, a 10K for those who are feeling adventuresome on that day. Depend for me on how my knees feel. It is not a race. I mean that. It is not a race. We're not handing out any first, second, third place prizes, anything like that. It is just an opportunity to walk, bike, run next Saturday in the beauty of Valley Forge Park if you wish. Come on out if you desire. Again, I cannot stress this highly enough. If you see that number and that letter 5K and think it's a race and I'm going to lose, put that to bed. It's not the way that it is. I remember when I was just about a month away from running my first half marathon I ever ran. And I got a book from a friend of mine simply called The Big Book of Running. And it talked about a number of different things that you should do when you're training, when you're preparing for the race day. They talked about what you should wear, what you should eat, what you should not eat. I figured everyone would know this, but they said very explicitly, the day before a big distance race, do not, for example, eat a high fiber meal. Think about it. But what I really remember at the book and love about the book is that it didn't just talk about the physical aspects of running. It talked about the mental and the spiritual aspects as well, too. It said particularly that when you find yourself in the middle of the race and you're thinking about the end and you're thinking about the end and you're saying, my God, when is this pain in my knees going to end? All you're doing is you're making the race seem longer and you're spoiling your enjoyment of it while you're in it. They said that a race is truly not about the end of the race and they use these words that I will always remember that I absolutely love. No one sings a song to get to the last note. We don't run a race just to get to the finish line. No one sings a song to get through it to the last note. That's not the point. And a little while ago, I found a video that I absolutely love that set some of the words and thoughts of the great spiritual philosopher Alan Watts to a little bit of a cartoon. And I thought I'd share it with you today. Trey Parker and Matt Stone are the people who started South Park. And kids, if you ever say to your parents, well, we watch South Park at Wellsprings, can't we watch it at home? You cannot use me as an excuse. <laughs> we don't sing a song to get to the last note. We don't live a life to get to its end. And by the way, I have nothing against insurance in there. Could be any business, could be any educational system. It could be even ministry. When we live all about the end, we do that here, kitty, 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 kitty thing to ourselves just never quite inhabiting our lives, always wondering when happiness might come someday or this thing called peace might come someday or maybe at some point in the future when we get exactly what we want, then we'll be whole. This is the exact way to frustrate our lives, to think that it's always out there somewhere beyond ourselves, not here, Never here. The Buddha said that there are those who complain in the absolutely searing heat of summer and they wish and they wish and they wish for the cool winds of autumn and then they arrive in the cool winds of autumn barely recognizing that a hundred days of their lives have passed them by. Summer's just about over and it was a blazing one, obviously. 
But maybe it was absolutely the best summer of your life and you're thinking, oh my God, when I get back to that beach next year, when I get back to that baseball stadium, when I get back whatever it is to that campgrounds, ah, then I'll know what peace and happiness are again. Congratulations, if you're thinking that way this morning, you've just given away a year of your life. It's not that there are not things to look forward to. Of course there are. But the seed of our disenchantment in life is that sometimes we have this refusal to arrive exactly where we are and be who we are right now. I think of this in the summer of 1997. I was just about to start my ministerial internship. I was very much like the here, kitty, kitty, kitty. I mean, I was out of school. I was going to finally have an actual, well, an internship, sort of kind of real job in ministry. Someone was going to trust me to preach every once in a while, I think six times in the year. Boy, was I relishing that. I was at, what was the movie? I think it was uh, Men in Black. And I saw the single best coming attraction in my life. I will probably never see anything better than this coming attraction. It was set inside of something that looked like the Natural History Museum. And it was in the dinosaur room. And you had your little Velociraptor over here. And you had a Brontosaurus over here. And you had a Diplodocus over here. By the way, that was my favorite dinosaur was the Diplodocus. He was big, he was clumsy, he was happy, he was a vegetarian, he caused no harm to anyone. I loved the Diplodocus. And then, of course, in the middle of it, you had the T-Rex, fierce. And that's where one particular class with one particular teacher went, and they looked up at this fierce T-Rex, and you could just see the kid shaking. And then the distance of this coming attraction, you didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what this was for. You heard a... And the ground kind of shook. And then you heard a... And the ground shook some more. And then you heard another, oh my God, what kind of storm is this? What, what's going on here? Is there an attack? And through the glass ceiling of that natural history museum, this big, gigantic, tremendous, ten times as big as the size of this T-Rex lizard foot came down right on the head and squashed it. Fade to black. Godzilla, Memorial Day, 1998. I have never heard an audience applaud as wildly at the end of the movie as they did as after that coming attraction. I leaned over semi, only semi-jokingly to the friend who was sitting next to me. Can you call my ministerial um, intern committee and tell them that I'm going to pull a Rip Van Winkle? I'm going to put myself in cold storage for the next 10 months because I cannot wait until that Godzilla movie was coming out. I mean, I am a child of the 70s who spent so many of my Saturday afternoons when I wasn't playing baseball watching Creature Double Feature on WPHL. This was the Godzilla movie we had been waiting for. I had been waiting for. The thing was, that was the worst movie in the world. <laughs> That Godzilla movie was awful. I'd rather watch the old ones with the guy in the cheap rubber suit. But even if it had been great, I recognized my first instinct. Oh, come on. Give me, give me, give me. I want it now. I want it now. Homer Simpson once said, you can fresh fry a buffalo in 45 seconds in this deep fryer. He said, but what else? I'm hungry now. <laughs> we never find the meaning of our lives in the coming attractions. We find the meaning of our lives in what is currently playing in our lives. That's the point of that video.
that there is a different way of living and a different way of being that is about here and now, about cultivating the habits of spirit and character that allow us to recognize that who we are, whatever changes will come, whatever growth we have, starts in this very moment. And if we're always waiting for what's around the bend or what's around the corner, what we spy on the horizon, then life will just be a waiting game for us. Instead, we can learn to savor and pay attention and recognize that it is not about the last notes. It's about all the notes in the song that make up the composition in each and every one of our lives. This is the real method by which we live in absolute abundance in this life. As our core values and core beliefs talk about, we are called here to generate abundance and joy that are native to each and every one of our lives. This is what we're about to engage in for our Welcome Back Sunday ritual. Every year, I think this will be the fourth time that we do it, here at Wellsprings, we blow some bubbles together. There's a very specific reason for this. I've been in a lot of congregations over the years that take this Sunday, and sort of what they do together is they take the waters that they've been all throughout, whether it's a pool or an ocean or a river, wherever the people have been throughout the summer, they take them and they gather back in together. And they say, this is the water from X, or this is the water from the Mediterranean, wherever it is. And there's something really beautiful about that, but there's one thing I never really liked. Well, besides the fact that it basically turns an entire congregational service into what we did on our summer vacations... What I never liked about the symbolism of that was that it takes all these separate waters and just dumps them into one pool, and the pool just stays there. It's stagnant. Water that sits still for too long just goes stagnant. That is not a way of living abundantly. Abundance is not about having. It is about a method of being alive, an attitude of giving off our best from where we are, even if we consider it meager, even if we don't consider it very much. As many of you might know, this past week was Rosh Hashanah, the start of the holiest time of the year in Judaism. And there's a beautiful tradition called Tashlit. Have you ever heard of it? It's literally the casting of the bread upon the waters. My sister, who unlike me, stayed within the Jewish community instead of integrating their Jewish heritage into Unitarian Universalism, as I have done, took her two young daughters, my two nieces, down to the banks of the Hudson River where they live north of New York City, and they blew the shofar, and they ate apples and honey, as is the tradition. And they also did Tashlit casting the bread upon the waters, said the only issue was this, is that my three-year-old niece, Lila, who eats absolutely everything, I said, remind her, cast the bread on the waters, don't stuff it in her mouth. That didn't work. This is our version of Tashlit, of sharing our beauty, of committing ourselves to fully being here in our abundance right now. Kids, maybe this will come natural to you. I think, sadly, this is the only time of the year that I get a chance to blow bubbles. That is something I should change. There's a movie I saw not too long ago that had two adults sitting there talking about looking at one of their kids, two of their kids, and they were going around and blowing bubbles and absolutely enjoying it. And one of those adults was exactly like that little character that we saw in today's little movie. Everything has always been about accomplishment, accomplishment, accomplishment. And he arrives in the middle of the life and says so sadly, so forlornly, looking at his kids, enjoying themselves with these bubbles, saying, I don't think there's anything in my life that I enjoy as much as my kids love bubbles. Today, if you're feeling that way, let's start to correct it. 
know that whatever growth, whatever possibility for transformation in each and every one of our lives there is, begins right here and right now, and its native language is joy. Not waiting for some other place or some other time, but cultivating in ourselves, in our own hearts, the opportunity to share who we are. Final words I want to share with you today before we engage in our ritual. I'm going to ask that we start handing out those little... I think the only forms we can get of those are what comes for weddings. So, drawing a little commitment ceremony here at Wellsprings today. I read this on Facebook this past week. Someone posted it. The author Henry Miller said, One's destination is never a place. One's destination is a new way of perceiving things. I'm going to ask you folks, Lift up those bubbles and just blow those bubbles. See them floating in the air. Remember that each and every one of our lives have the capacity to give off great joy and great peace and great beauty. And sometimes it doesn't have to mean everything. Please stand up. Share your bubbles. Spread around the room. Do it. Cast forth. Do your tashlit. Still your bubbles for just a second. If you can sing and blow bubbles at the same time, then I encourage you to do so during our last song. Blow some bubbles with your coffee after service is over. I'm going to ask that we unite our hearts in prayer right now. Still our voices, still our movements. Be here. God of this very day, may we recognize that so much is bubbling up in our lives right here, right now. Joy and sadness, grief and deep happiness. There is so much here in us, inside each and every one of our lives, a true riot of abundance just waiting to be shared. Indeed. There is no thing that we are waiting for. Our lives are full. And we recognize that native to each and every one, each and every one of our lives right here, right now, is the capacity to live fully, to awaken, to change, to grow. Let us begin that journey here together today. Let us join it in deep silence. Let us join it in deep joy. May our lives in this be blessed. Amen.